got to be strong-minded and strong-willed. And I remember the first day he was there. It was so funny. I remember he, he was in the ring. And um, I did a call on Abel Tile with him. And he's like, you know, I'm not a real vampire, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just started busting out laughing. Welcome back to another episode of CCW Insider, where we talk about the matches and stories from wrestling's last territory, Coastal Championship Wrestling. Today on the show, I have a guest, Adrian Paz, who is one of the referees at CCW. Adrian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you for having me here on the show. Well, let's start off uh, first. You know, everybody kind of has like a wrestling story of, of what they're background is with wrestling and so i guess the question uh, to lead off with is just did you grow up a wrestling fan yes i did um i'm gonna take you back all the way to 1996 1997 around uh, wcw um my mom was never really much a fan of the product really um it was originally my dad and my older brother alex we're six years apart he and i i remember just watching it i remember snips of the nwo Back in their heyday with Eric Bischoff, Hollywood Hogan, the whole faction, Scott Hall, Outsiders, all that cool stuff. Um, I remember Bitch when I was five and six, getting around that age, just seeing Sting coming down from the Raptors and just seeing the mystique and aura of Sting was, was, was really captivating to me. So just seeing Sting, it kind of reminded me of like a superhero because I'm a huge Batman fan. I'm a huge comic book fan. I love DC, not Marvel. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just gave me like huge Batman vibes and I was a huge Batman fan as a kid, so I am. So Sting was probably the one that really caught my attention in terms of like aura and like, you know, just show entertainment. It was really captivating to me. So I was a huge Sting fan, still am, ever since I was a kid. I was pretty much more of a Sting fan than Undertaker fan. Might be an unpopular opinion, but Sting is just for me really captivating. It's, uh, you're not the first person on this show to say that. Um, somebody okay. just uh, recently mentioned Sting. And, you know, I wonder what it is about him that's so that's so popular. But uh, it must be nice the fact that, like, you know, he's still around. Or no, and not around again. And, you know? Yeah, and, t- and just to piggyback off your comment, if you watch some of his matches, like, in, for example, his match at Double or Nothing with Darby against um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, that dive off the top was just something out of nowhere. And mind you, he's in his 60s, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just him no selling that suplex was just something that brings uh, just memories in my eyes with Shivani in the background yelling and getting up, and it just brings nostalgia feel. I was a huge WCW fan. Um, we watched Thunder a lot, and uh, Saturday night, I was a big Saturday night fan. I used to watch WCW Saturday night when Goldberg started there peaking at his peak. Um, huge Steam fan. My brother's a huge Flair fan. Uh, okay. He can't get enough of Ric Flair. His promos are something else. My dad loves Ric Flair. We will all just laugh at his promos with this eccentric nature and just, you know, you know how Rick, Rick is. So every time I watch him on TV, I'll just be glued. So I'm a huge Flair fan, Sting fan, et cetera. And uh, Macho Man, Hogan. I'm a huge Hogan fan. My brother, not that much, but he's a huge Flair fan. So, yeah, pretty much. And my brother and my father remembered um, Kevin Sullivan back in the Florida days, too. So, he mentioned a lot about Kevin Sullivan. He used to remember a lot about Kevin Sullivan and Rick Flair. My father did. So 
it was pretty much my father and my brother that got me into it since I was five, and I just haven't grown up from it. Did you have other athletic pursuits when you were a kid? Well, when I was a kid, I was really into football. Um, I was going to, I mean, football was pretty much my niche, and also auto racing. My brother and I are huge NASCAR fans. We just, uh, we just got back from Homestead back on Sunday. We were watching the race on Homestead, so we're huge NASCAR fans. Um, open wheel fans. So I guess racing is another way of what I like as well. Also like football, pros, college, you name it. Um, as far as pursuits go, I did some little bit of amateur wrestling back in middle school. I was very much of a bookworm. I wasn't really into, I, I love sports, don't get me wrong, but for me, multitasking was a challenge for me. So mainly it was just sports and uh, studies. So I just chose studies over sports. And looking back on it, I kind of regret it because I'd actually applied myself to sports and I might have been actually good, who knows, but I did some a little bit of wrestling back in middle school, did some practices here and there, never had an actual match, but I did some practices here and there and got my body conditioned for it. It is so funny that you say, you say that because I always think of the exact opposite for me. I played a lot of sports when I was a kid. I was not good cool. at it. I was on the bench all the time, but I did excel in academics and I always think to myself, what if I just didn't play sports and I like, really pushed myself all the way on the at, academics you know what would have happened then so no i mean a lot of people no and i give credit to a lot of people that push in their academics and excel in sports as well because doing doing a multitasking both is not an easy option because in sports you have to attain the highest level performance as well as your academics so it's not easy as it looks let's talk about your decision to get into wrestling you chose to be a referee what made you choose to be a referee over a wrestler originally when I decided to train, it was going to be in wrestling. And um, my first couple of uh, lessons was pretty good. I learned a lot in terms of side-high-lock takeovers, calling air bone tie-ups, hip tosses, so forth. But basic footwork is what's really critical in the ring. I remember the higher-ups management always mentioning how important footwork is very important to match. If you're in sync with your opponent, it's always important. If you're off sync with an opponent, it's never a good thing. Injuries can happen. And the first couple of classes that I did, I did a lot of bumping, like sorts rolls, um, back bumps. Um, the ones that I always struggled with were the handstands. So like the, there's handstand bump and handstand uh, slam. So handstand uh, roll, which is basically you put your hands on the, on, the, on the canvas and you just roll down and gently. Now handstand bump, you literally go handstand and then you let go and just touch your chin and embrace yourself and then pancake fly on the mat. You pancake fly on the mat and then you just get up. So those were a couple of um, lessons that I learned in the beginning. And um, and just learn basic roles, you know, just get your feet wet, get used to the ring, get used to when you hit the ropes. I remember first time hitting the ropes, that wasn't a fun thing. But, you know, I, I used to have like little rashes here, rope rashes. So that was always like a little badge of honor here and there. And um, those are always fun. But just learning the basics, of learning how to take bumps, learning how to take rolls, learning how to do flips here and there. It can be intimidating at first because when you first have that fall on the canvas, it's not fun. You got to be prepared for it. It's always important to gotta tuck your chin and keep yourself protected to avoid any head injuries and concussions. Um, and around the third day of class, I remember one of the members of management just pulled me aside and just by my look alone because I'm five three, you know, I'm a small guy. So he looked at me and he's like, you know what, kid, after seeing you a little bit long term, I see you making it as a referee. He said, just by your look and by your appearance-wise, you fit perfectly for TV. I mean, you have the facial expressions, you have the body language for it, you have the stature for it. So he's like, long-term, I can see you as a referee. And uh, any management agree with it, and they're higher up with it. 
I mean, basically my goal in, in it was just to be in the ring, whatever it is, you know, ring announcing or being a manager or being a referee. I'm an eccentric guy, you know, so I love doing anything to make, you know, to be in a show or just entertain people. So he told me, he's like, give it a couple reps, refereeing, see how you feel in there. And we'll go from there. So I think uh, I've been at it since September. I remember my first time doing it was at the, our monthly bash at the brew in Hialeah. And I'm 15 minutes away from Unbranded. I'm 15 minutes away from the brewery. So that's always a, a big advantage. So I remember I just said, yeah, let's put them in there. Let's put them in the opener. And turns out the opener was six-man tag. And I'm like, Oh, that's a lot of people. Tag? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember I was freaking out. Not freaking, I was nervous because my first time being in the, in the ring with the, you know, with, the, with the competitors and just being in front of the crowd and being next to the ring announcer is like maybe is big, you know? So... I remember just a lot of people being there for me, like Amy Veronica, who's been doing the refereeing longer, and Bruce. Oh my, I can tell you, I can tell you so many stories about what Bruce told me in the beginning. And those two guys right there are just, for me, they're they're up there in terms of who I want to study after, like being in the company with them. Like they just have such a wealth of knowledge, and I give credit to Amy. What was their decision process like to just show up to a wrestling school one day? Well, um, I have a friend of mine. It's a, my friend of mine, he, he is a wrestling fan as well. And um, he and his girlfriend, uh, they opened up a donut business. They're called Lucha. They'll actually have one of their shirts right here. It's kind of like an ECW-themed uh, T-shirt here. So let's show oh, yeah. you right here. Yeah, that's my best friend, Chris, and his girlfriend, Nicole. So give up a shout-out to Lucha Do right here. Um, <laughs> as you can see, the ECW graphics here, it's really cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... Chris uh, DM'd me on Instagram, told me, hey, listen, I know you're a big fan, and I, I was wondering if you would be interested in going to a CCW show. And I'm like, what's CCW? And he's like, oh, it's an indie, big indie promotion in South Florida. They've been going at it for a little bit. I do pop-up events for them in the brewery shows, for, for the brewery. And it was actually the first ever Bash at the Brew, which was last February. Yeah, I was there. So Chris, Chris, my buddy, told me, oh, I was, I was there too in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> So um, he told me, he's like, yeah, Adrian, you should come give it a, give it a look, see, because I know you're a big fan. I'm like, all right, whatever that's loose. So I went there, I made the trip, and immediately I was hooked. And I would become a regular at the Bash of the Brew events as a fan. The front row the entire time, I'll be, you know, talking trash with Ariel Levy and with Fonzie, <laughs> and, you know, just, it was so much fun. And um, about five months later, which is, I want to say July, or, yeah, it was July. I found out that QT Marshall, he was in a seminar. So with QT Marshall, we did the whole um, seminar and I actually spoke to DM Facebook uh, with the CCW promotion because I was friends with them. I followed them and they just filled me in on what to do, what, what to do to be prepared. So a month before the seminar, I actually attended the school, which was on a Monday right after work. I remember just hauling, getting there after work, just, you know, just to see the school. And I remember seeing the students there and seeing all the you know, all the vets in the ring with them. And it was really cool, eye-opening, seeing it, just seeing them in the ring and whatnot. And remember, Ricky Martinez was actually the guest uh, trainer there. Ricky was training them at that day. And I was just near the apron watching him teach and go over like a few holds here and there. And it was really cool listening to that for like five minutes. And I remember I walked in and I saw Nelio there. I saw Cha-Cha Charlie there. I saw Dan Evans there. And I got to meet, you know, the, the inner crew. So it was really cool. And I remember Cha-Cha, he had a smirk. He's like, so you're ready to be a wrestler? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cha-Cha hooked me up with a shirt and I'm still wearing it. So that's a pretty cool moment. 
And then Nelio just went over everything with me. He's like, get your feet wet, get yourself accommodated, get used to your surroundings. I want you to take a look at the ring, feel the ring, walk around it, see what you think. And then Dan was like the same way. And Dan was like, you like it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> and then so he filled me out on everything. And then like started like, especially I started back in like on the first week of July of last year, you know, learning the rolls, learning the bumps, learning the holds getting my cardio up uh thankfully i was in good shape when we started so right now i mean i gained a little bit of muscle and pounds but back back last year i was a little slimmer and i was able to do the conditioning pretty good we did a lot of squats a lot of cardio with the with the running the ropes um you know just doing all sorts of, of bumps rolls you name it and i remember the first couple of days of training nelio pulled, pulled me aside and he showed me a couple of things like He's like, I guarantee when you walk out of here, you're not going to look at wrestling the same. You're going to look at it not as a fan, but as a worker and as you know, a perfectionist. Like you want to see everything how it looks. He filled me on on every little detail. And that's something that, like when you're trying to get into the business, you need to know those certain things because I feel like that's very critical in you to succeed, whether it be a wrestler, whether it be a manager, whether it be a referee, whether it be anything. You know, it's very important to learn those little things to help you succeed and grow. So I remember him telling me all that and we just talked everything and we walked through a match and it was just a lot of, lot of info. And, um, and that's why I respect these guys even more when they get in the ring. So you're saying that QT, the QT Marshall advertised the seminar that he was doing. So the promotion would uh, promote the seminars mm -hmm. and I would follow him on Facebook and I would just click going. And I remember the day of uh, the, the day, surprisingly the day before the seminar, which was a Friday, he showed up at the school. And I remember Jake St. Patrick was there. Um, you know, just a lot of stars were there. It was a lot of wealth of knowledge. I remember taking a hip toss from QT Marshall. That was something really cool. I never forget how high up I was. I'm 5'3", so I'm actually being 10 feet in the air in the middle when he's flipping you. That's pretty crazy. So <laughs> I'll never forget tucking my chin when I took that bump. It was crazy how high he took me. But probably the most coolest guy I've ever met in my life so far in the business. He's super down to earth, super nice guy. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. He never, you know, he'll take his shirt off his back for you just to give you so much information. If you really want to learn, if you want to be disciplined, he's the guy to go to. I mean, he's definitely my, my first impression of him when I start, like not even a month in. And yeah. I'm already meeting QT Marshall, a guy that I've seen on TV. So learning a lot from him that first day before the, the day before the seminar, it really helped me a lot. And I remember the day of the seminar, we did a lot of stuff and I did a little bit of, of uh, sequences with him in terms of like uh, shoulder takedowns, hollow elbow tie-ups, him working my arm, and just doing Irish whips, you know, this and that. And just you just learn a lot from him. And I remember him telling me, you're still a little timid, but you have pretty good footwork. Keep it up. And just hearing that from him was pretty good because he's been at it for, 15, for 18 years now, since 04. So he knows a lot. So I definitely walked out there with confidence and then, that bad that same day was the bass show and i remember my first gig there was uh i did i just was a backstage guy handing with the gear and then i remember i did the roving camp for like the main event which was jackal stevens against uh anthony katina for the southeastern title and the match before that was qt against cha-cha so mm -hmm. i remember i did the roving camp for those matches and that was like my first gig of working that show and then literally the month after that bash which is september of last year is my first reference uh job so it was pretty cool. Yeah. You mentioned that after a month, you're learning from QT Marshall. I think that 
So that speaks to the quality of the CCW program in general, right? That you're that you're going to CCW, and then within a within a month, you've got connections enough to to learn from people that are on TV. No, and then when um and then when Gangrel came in, that was a huge like that just blew me blew me away so much. I mean, I mean, here's a guy that I just watched when I was a kid when he was with the Brood, and now I'm seeing like I'm looking across the hallway from Gangrel, so that was. That was really uh, captivating to me. And when they did the whole merger with us, that was really big too. And then he brought his students along too. I got to meet Anna Diaz, who's such a, you know, she's such a warrior. She's such a fighter and she's very inspirational. Um, her story is just crazy. Um, and then just seeing Gangrel, how he works in the ring and how he teaches everybody and how he instills knowledge on anybody. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of heart and a lot of discipline. And one thing about it is in the business, you have to be tough. You can't be sensitive or you can't be thin-skinned because it'll just eat you alive. The business, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, I've seen it and learned firsthand. You know, you just got to be thicker skin. You got to be tough because, you know, when you get in there and you work and you got to be tough and you got to be, you know, protecting yourself and others and you can't let things phase you. You can't listen to negative talks. You can't, you got to be positive. You got to be positive. You got to be strong-minded and strong-willed. And I remember the first day he was there, it was so funny. I remember he, he was in the ring and um, I did a collar and elbow tie up with him. And he's like, you know, I'm not a real vampire, right? And I'm like, <laughs> 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 and I just started busting out laughing and then gay girl just literally <laughs> made me laugh like that. He's like, you know, I'm not a real vampire, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> and, I'll never, and I'll never forget when he gave me a collar and elbow tie up, he grabbed me right here, he grabbed the back of my neck like that. And I was like, wow. Like he's like he's got a grip. Like he literally, you know, just when, you know, call elbow tie up. He just grabbed me like that. But when when he grabbed the back of my neck, I felt that hard hit, and I'm like, yeah, that's you sound like jolts on your spine. So it was definitely a cool eye opening experience learning from Gangrel a little bit in the beginning. And one of the things that he preaches in the class when I when you know to the students is just uh, the three C's: confidence, communication, and commitment. If you harbor all those three C's, you'll make it, and you'll be okay. So. I'll never forget what he said about the three C's. Uh, it's always something that I hold to my heart and I, I take it seriously every time I'm there when I'm helping out or when I'm working the show. Um, that's something I'll never forget from him. And he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a lot, a lot of knowledge. You know, he's like, you have to be a sponge when he's telling you so much stuff about, for example, about referees. He always tells me, listen, you got to know every little thing about it. Just because you're in the stripes, you know, doesn't mean that people can walk all over you. You're the authority. Don't let people pick on you. You gotta be the voice, and you gotta instruct the rules. And I remember him telling me that stuff, and it definitely, you know, sets it sets in. And that's why every show, it's all about getting reps. When you get reps, and every show you're in, whether it be wherever it is, the more you impress, the more chances you'll get. And so, yeah, it's just crazy how, like, a little time that I've been in with the promotion, I met these, you know, these all more larger than life people. And, and we just have Kevin Sullivan with us, and I'm just, you know, that's see, that just tops it off. So it's crazy how CCW provides us with so much tools and resources mm -hmm. to help us grow. So it's always important to take advantage of it. And literally, like in a year's time, the amount of people that I met that I've seen on TV and learning from and asking questions with, it's always a pleasure and always fun to be around. What have you found are some common misconceptions that fans have about referees? Oh, that we don't matter in the ring, that we're just standing in a corner. <laughs> Bruce always told me, like, when you're in the ring with the wrestlers in the match, pick your horseshoe, horseshoe meaning a corner. 
Stay in that horseshoe, communication, what sequence goes right, who gets hurt, who's legitimately hurt, and who's, you know, make sure that they're okay in the matches. So it's a lot of work being a referee. You know, I mean, it's not just standing there and counting one, two, three. It's a lot of stuff. It's projecting your voice and also just being a good communicator with the competitors in the ring. So we've talked about, you talked about Bruce a couple of times. You know, he's somebody with almost 50 years in the wrestling business. I was, I, I was going to ask you if there's things you've been able to pick up from him, and you've kind of already answered that, but uh, is there anything else that you want to share? No, just the group of guys that I'm working with and gals that I've worked with in the in the promotion so far. I mean, Chris Costa is just amazing at what he does. He's one of the referees as well. He's a, he's a great, great referee too. I love, uh, love seeing him out there. Um, and he's just he's a great, great guy to be around. Amazing. He's hilarious. I, I joke with him a lot because every show that he, he goes in, he's wearing a Mantar shirt. And I look at that Mantar shirt and I'm just like, Chris, why? Why are you wearing a Mantar shirt? So he's a joke on that because he always wears the, show, the shirt. <laughs> and he always gets a reaction, that Mantar shirt. But no, Chris is amazing. Cox is amazing. Um, Andy Seeley is just a huge asset too as well. I love Andy so much. Um, He's one of the referees. He does. He did some of the Kasimi shows, and he does a lot of shows to help out as well. He does. He helps out with the programs. He does a lot of like the the, the gist and all that stuff. He does so much work for the promotion, and you know he's he's a great he's a great great guy. I mean, I can't say enough good things about Andy and Amy Veronica. Just what can I say about her? I mean, she's just amazing to be around too. She's just we're the same age, ironically. So we're both thirty. So she's kind of like my. Uh, She's the best person to be around in terms because like we relate to each other a little bit. Um, she's given me so much advice about, she's seen me growing a lot. Like I remember the, the first show I did as a referee, I was so nervous and she kind of grounded me and told me, listen, you'll be fine. She always gives me a pat on the shoulder like that, you know, hard, hard pat on the shoulder like that. Just let me know, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just stay calm, do the count, project your voice, show emotion. That's it. And and she always gives me like great affirmations and she always, she's, she's, she's always been there and I can't thank her enough for her help so far in my journey. So I give all those people credit. Well, you've got great people around you. Uh, yeah. and when you have great Absolutely. people around you, you can achieve a lot of things. So yeah. next question is, uh, what are your goals? Every time I'm in the ring with the, with the, with the boys and doing the matches, I'm always in that game, game mode in and I, I forget about everything that's going on outside of the ring. You know, once I'm in the ring, I feel okay. And the camaraderie is what I love too. Something I never had before. So it's something I don't take lightly and something I enjoy. And um, long-term, I'm just going to keep going until I can't no more, obviously. Um, if something happens, great. But if something doesn't happen, I can just say, hey, listen, I did it. And I'm happy I'm still doing it. I'm still healthy. It only took me 30 to do to fulfill my dream, but it's never too late. You know, I like, think of examples like Diamond Dallas Page, like he wanted to become a wrestler like close to 40 and people were like laughing at his face, like, oh, you never make it. You'll never, you never draw at the age of 40 and look at him now, he's a multi-time world champion. So I look at that example and I never say, I wish I entered it when I was like in my twenties because really there's no such thing as how old you're supposed to be in the business. You, as long as you're healthy and you're motivated and you're committed, you have people around you that can help you do it. And like I said, um, it's still a hobby. I still love doing it. Um, where it goes from here, I don't know. Only God knows. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the next chapter entails for me. But I'm still doing every show in 
I can then and still giving the effort I can. If people haven't seen you referee a match, are any of yours out on YouTube that they can go see? Yes. One of the matches, there are several matches I'm proud of. I have to say the one match that I'm pretty, really proud of is probably the Allen S2S Martinez versus Fuego Dos Sol, AEW Fuego Dos Sol match back in our very first Friday Night Bash at the Brew. I believe it was April 8th of this year. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. You go check it out. First of all, the match was phenomenal. And there was no miscue at the match at all. Everything was perfect the way it was. It's around 15-minute match. It's the match where I get kicked in the face by S2S Martinez in the corner where I just knocked out a ton of bricks. Uh, a lot of people in the back telling me that was probably the best ref bump I've seen in indie wrestling in a while just so fact (laughs) the impact of it like I say the fans watch the match they'll see how because it legit I remember it was literally all I remember was just being on the corner and then when Alan just rushed in I remember feeling his soul and it was just a scrape like that and my head went back and I just fell down with a ton of bricks and I remember I had a scrape on the cheek right here it was like a red print and all the boys saw it and they were like yeah badge of honor (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then the day after we had our homestead show and i remember one of the top guys saying that was probably the best ref i've seen in a while in wrestling and i'm like oh thank you so much <laughs> and i remember alan came up to me he felt so bad and i did i just gave him a hug and told him, hey brother it's all right it's part of the business it's okay so he felt good but yeah he felt bad after that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another one that i recommend as well is probably there's two others all of them were at the bash events at hialeah the latter match between uh, Elevated Status and uh, South American Alliance, the infamous, you know, uh, heel turn of Ariel Levy against Vinicius and Fonzie. That's probably one of the big matches I'm proud of because just of the story and the suspense post-match, just seeing that in person, just something that was really eye-opening and riveting, you know, just being there. Probably the, uh, the CCW title match between Ariel and Cha-Cha back in July. That was the main event, and that was probably another good highlight of mine as well that I'm proud of. I, but I have to say those three matches are up there, but for me, it was the Fuego and LMS 2S match that I really hold high regard to so far in my career. In closing here, is there anything that you would say to the CCW fans that are watching? No, just tune in. We're keeping on growing our product every day. We're trying to make you guys happy every time you walk out. And there's plenty going to be more shows coming now. We're actually increasing our amount of shows now more than that. We're the only promotion that we're just increasing shows. Like we're almost having a show every Saturday or every Friday. We're slowly growing. We just had our we just had a fresh batch of shows in Kissimmee, and uh, we're going all over across Florida. We're still growing. We're still promoting. So stay tuned. And 2023 should be a good one. All right. We'll look forward to those matches, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. You have been watching CCW Insider, produced by Minutes to Bell Time in association with Coastal Championship Wrestling.